What's up, Eagles Nation? You're listening to Eagles Trash Talk, the weekly podcast for fans of the Philadelphia Eagles. We are broadcasting live from my kitchen. This is Brandon Fisher. I am joined by John Fogg of USA Today Sports Media Group, and it is time to talk some trash. John, what's going on, man? It's been a little while since we've been on the show. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus after the uh, after the last episode, which was recorded uh, the night of the Super Bowl victory. Um, how have things been with you? Well, it's been just uh, six weeks of on the NFL front of um, pure joy, really. Uh, you know, being able to work in sports media specifically in the NFL after the team that I have followed my whole life wins the Super Bowl was was really an honor more than anything else it, it was a uh, and it still is it's like the gift that keeps on giving so that, that's interesting you, you say that because I never you know obviously I, I don't you know work in sports media other than you know this podcast that we do so so walk me through a little bit of what what that is like sure well um as part of our uh, media group at usa today we have a blog that covers every team in the nfl and um i primarily work with the one that covers the eagles eagleswire.usatoday.com mm-hmm. and um uh, there's a site editor, Teron Davenport. You might have heard him on any of various Philadelphia media outlets because mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's constantly on, on one show or another. And um, Teron has a group of freelancers who together cover just about everything related to the Eagles. Teron went out and covered the Super Bowl. And... Um, you know, it's really big on social media. So, anytime that there's something related to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, um, Tehran and his crew are all over it. But they also cover the day-to-day, the day-to-day news that you know that you would expect for any NFL team. Right. So, so after a Super Bowl win, obviously, um, you, the season's longer number one um and there's just there's just that much more um to talk about i guess and you know i guess for the this is you know obviously the first time that the eagles have won the super bowl so um is it easier to find stories now um than maybe in years past because if you think about um you know after chip kelly was fired i felt like as as awful of a time as, as that was, I mean, there was a lot of excitement around the Eagles because there was so much uncertainty and there's, there was so much, um, you know, turmoil and, and, and turnover going on. Um, I feel like there's just as much excitement now, but it's in a, in a better way. Would you, would you agree with that? I certainly would. And, um, when, you know, when a team wins the Super Bowl, there are automatically any number of, storylines that come along with that 
And and we've seen that with the Eagles, although even magnified to a greater degree because they have a storyline, and we'll talk about it at length, I'm sure, in this show. And that is a quarterback uh, with Carson Wentz recovering from a major knee injury and his replacement, Nick Foles, shocking everybody and winning Super Bowl MVP. So uh, that's that's an ongoing... I wouldn't well, say yeah, shocking okay. everybody. I mean, you and I kind of <laughs> saw that coming. I, I, I think you predicted that, but <laughs> he certainly he certainly surprised me. So that's going to be an ongoing saga, I think is the best word there, heading into um, the the OTAs and and training camp. But 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 as for you know how how is it different? It's just magnified you know everything becomes ramped up because it's not just any off season it's it's the te- it's the team that won the lombardi trophy so mm-hmm. every move has additional scrutiny you know every every move in philadelphia would be scrutinized anyway but now it's even more important because the eagles are going into the 2018 season as the defending champions mm-hmm. and you know they're they're the king of the hill so you want to stay there, obviously. You, you, you don't want to relinquish that. And every move is geared toward that goal. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and I think that's a, that's a good segue because um, you mentioned, you know, there, there are so many stories um, after, the, after the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I've said this before. There is no offseason in the NFL um, there's always something going on. And when Howie Roseman is your general manager, there's always something going on uh, behind the scenes uh, in Philadelphia. So we've taken a long hiatus. You, you said it was about six weeks. Sounds about right. Um, that's about maybe two weeks longer than I think either one of us had planned. Um, and a lot has gone on in that time. Uh, so Yeah, didn't, didn't you end up in a, in a Mexican prison at one point? Well, we're not going to talk about that. But anyways... Uh- um, the, yeah, so so the off season began um, with a bang, pretty much. Um, you know, there there were some coaching changes. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, today, actually, this we're recording this on Monday. Um, today started the um, the what is it the uh, legal tampering. The t- Exactly, period. legal tampering. Legal tampering period for free agency. Right, which is which is important because. In the NFL, no one talks to any free agents prior to 12 o'clock today. Um, it's important that we specify that, and it's important that everyone understands that. It absolutely does not happen, and this is the <laughs> very first opportunity that anyone has had to talk with any free agents. But even before then, uh, Howie Roseman made a, made a pretty big splash Um a few days ago, he went and made a trade, traded a uh, fifth-round pick and uh, Marcus Johnson, the wide receiver, um, to uh, Seattle for for um, Michael Bennett. Not Martellus Bennett, Michael Bennett. Um, he of the Bennett brothers fame. John, what do you think about that trade? That trade is an example of the genius of Howie Roseman. They blindsided everybody in the fan base and even in the, even in the media. 
I don't think there was a single person in the world who saw that trade coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get to get a talent like Michael Bennett and give up only, as you said, a fifth round pick, Marcus Johnson, it's basically giving up nothing. Mm-hmm. And it fits into their bigger picture because we had already come to the general idea that Vinny Curry was not going to be coming back. Mm-hmm. He had an 11 million cap number for 2018. And that's just too high for a guy who wasn't producing at a level that's expected of that salary. Plus the Eagles are so deep. They were already so deep on the defensive line that it seemed obvious he was going to be the one to go. Mm-hmm. And out of that whole picture, the addition of Michael Bennett and either the release or trade of Vinnie Curry is basically a wash. Mm-hmm. It's almost exactly wipes out each other. So they're getting Bennett, who had eight and a half sacks last season. He's extremely versatile. He can play. He primarily plays on the outside, but he can also come inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got... Uh, he made the Pro Bowl each of the last three seasons, 54 total sacks. He's got nine years of experience under his belt and got, seems to have gotten better as his career has gone on. And they're getting him and they're giving up essentially nothing. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a great de- – it's, it's, it's an incredible trade to pull off and it, it results in the defensive line – a defensive line that we didn't really think could get any better, um, getting significantly better. And just imagine what they're going to have next season with Michael Bennett coming off the edge, with Brandon Graham mm-hmm. coming off the edge. Some downs you're going to see Bennett come inside and line up next to Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a nightmare for opposing offensive lines. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I love the trade uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, I'm a, I've been a, a fan of both Michael and Martellus Bennett, uh, pretty much for, well, not when, not when Martellus was with the Cowboys, but other than that, um, I, I love both of those guys. I, th- I think they're, they're entertaining. Um, they've got great personality, but they're not, they kind of have this reputation that I think is, um, unfounded. They, they're, they're kind of painted as like, you know, your, your typical NFL divas or, um, you know, whatever. And I don't think it's, it's completely, uh, accurate. They're, they're both extremely outspoken. Um, they're, they're big on, uh, on their, uh, their social activism. They're both big in, in that. And that, that's why I think they, they fit in really well in this locker room. Um, and the, the Eagles have done a great job of showing that you can take big personalities and unite them together um, to a single cause and have it end up um, creating a, a championship uh, team. We saw that all year. You, 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 you let their, their personality shine um, in just the right way. I think Doug Peterson's really good at that. I think Howie Roseman's really good, and Joe Douglas is as well, at picking out the guys that have those personalities but aren't locker room cancers. And, um, you know, I I, th- I think the Seahawks had some some things going on. They had a lot of they had a lot of big personalities on that defense, and and most of those guys it seems are um, leaving uh, Seattle this off season. Um, 
so there's there's a lot going on there. But I don't I don't think it's going to be an issue in the Eagles locker room. I think they have the infrastructure and the um and the leadership in that locker room that that can embrace a guy like Michael Bennett and um and use his talents. As you said, he's an extraordinarily talented uh, player. Um, I think he's going to fit in really well with those guys. Um, and this this defense, man, they've already got an identity that's tough, that's um, aggressive, that's physical, that's um, loud, uh, outspoken. Um, they're they're going to be very intimidating. And the there's there's a certain swagger that you get from being a champion. We we've seen it with the Seahawks. We've seen it with with some other teams, especially when when you've got a really strong defense. And I think the Eagles are going to have that. And I think a lot of teams, a lot of teams are going to look at their schedules and circle the their matchups against the Eagles as a, as an automatic loss. <laughs> My one concern that I had with Bennett initially, anyway, when I first heard of the trade, was his age. He's going to turn 33 in the middle of next season. Mm-hmm. But then I heard some of his numbers, and um, let's just say that my concerns were erased. Last season, he played over 900 snaps for the Seahawks, so that was about 90% of their defensive snaps. Mm-hmm. The leader on the Eagles' defensive line and snap count was Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. He had about 660 so 900 plus compared to 660, that that's just an, a huge difference. Bennett was on the field constantly, obviously mm-hmm. 90%, 90% of the defensive snaps. So I, I don't think there's any, you know, any real reason to be concerned about his age. Yeah, I don't either. And, um, you know, the, the Eagles brought in some older guys, um, last year and it, it, it worked out pretty well for them. Um, yeah, you know, it's just a matter of, of getting the right players. And I, I think that um, the Eagles front office is very good at doing that. And, you know, I listen, I love Vinnie Curry. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's a great player. Um, I really, really like to have him. He, I think he's from he's from the, the, the Delaware Valley. Um, so he was a local guy to begin with. So obviously there, you know, there's some reason to be, um, you know, sentimental and, you know, kind of not want him to go if in fact he is you know traded or cut but uh bennett i think is just a he's been a better player throughout his career and i think is an upgrade yeah curry uh curry is from neptune not the planet but uh the town in new jersey right okay. I, don't, I don't know if that's technically delaware valley but it's it's monmouth county yeah so it's... not not too far away right but um, he was never really able to recapture the the magic he had in 2014 with nine sacks. Mm-hmm. He, he had three and a half, then two and a half, then three last season, and it just it's going to come down to money. You know, he got that big deal, but his output isn't commensurate with that kind of money. Right. Um, but let's let's talk about the other trade mm-hmm. that went down. So not long after the announcement of the Bennett deal. And, and I should have noted, of course, that these deals are not official until Wednesday. 
Um, but you know, they might as well be official, although you never know in the NFL, Mm -hmm. as we saw with the Josh McDaniels saga, something is not official until it's actually official. (laughs) So, um, the, the other trade that Howie has gone and made is another win for the Eagles. He sends Torrey Smith, a player who I think, you know, we all, we, we, you and I agreed. And I think everybody else would agree was a role, a role player, but not a guy who you were going to bring back. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they trade him to the Panthers for cornerback, Daryl Worley, who is a, is a Philadelphia native, mm-hmm. Penn charter high school grad, a, 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 a guy who came out of college with, um, you know, a, plenty of uh, plenty of scouting reports said that he had a very high upside. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't or hasn't been able to kind of realize that yet. But I think that that to get getting a team to take Tory Smith in a trade and get something in return was just another masterstroke by Howie Roseman because I, I assumed that that Torrey Smith was going to be cut mm-hmm. and, and, and out of the deal, they get Worley who um, is, he's, he's going to be entering his third season. He's cheap. He's still on his rookie contract and, you know, maybe he can, maybe with that change of scenery, he can realize the, that promise that he had coming out of West Virginia. Um, and it just adds depth, if anything, to the Eagles secondary, which a year ago we were talking about how weak it was. And now it looks like it might be even be overcrowded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, what? I wasn't, I'm not going to say I was as surprised um, with this, with this trade as I was last year when how he, traded Matt Tobin and, and got something in return for it. Um, but, but yeah, I was absolutely, um, because I, you know, like you, I, I just assumed that everybody knew that Tory Smith wasn't coming back. Um, you know, and, and it's not to say that he didn't, you know, he definitely contributed this season, which, you know, was, you look at early on and he had a lot of drops and a lot of moments where he came up short. Um, but, down the stretch and especially in the playoffs. And he had a couple of, a couple of big time catches in the Super Bowl, that, um, you know, so it's, you you can't really say that he didn't, he didn't contribute. Um, so that, that's, it, it is kind of hard to, to see him go, um, when you look at that aspect of it, but he, um, he had a much better playoffs than he did in the regular season. mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's really, I think two games that he had in the playoffs were, we're good. The Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. So that's great. It's great that he contributed that, but it, it didn't really make up for the fact that he didn't contribute all that much during the regular season. Right. Yeah. And and you know, so you're you're not going to pay a guy like that um, to come back. Um, and I'm I'm surprised that they were able to get you know country singer Daryl Worley um, <laughs> to join. I don't do. Are, are you familiar? There was there was actually a country singer named named Daryl Worley. Did you know that? I didn't know it until I started googling Daryl Worley, <laughs> and then the, the top results were not. <laughs> yeah, the top results were not an NFL player. 
<laughs> the only thing I know about Daryl Worley, I don't know anything about Daryl Worley, the the cornerback. To be perfectly honest with you, the only thing I know about Daryl Worley, the the country singer, is that he had a, a hit song after 9/11 about 9/11 that sucked, and it was it was a hit song because it was one of those you know sentimental you know you, you know patriotic kind of things. But it's I don't know. He's not very good. So I hope he's a better cornerback than he is a, a country singer. Yeah, we should also point out that that uh, Daryl Worley is not related to Vance Worley, uh, right. the former former Phillies pitcher. The Vanimal. <laughs> but the, the the Smith the Smith move is also important for salary cap reasons. The Eagles are over the cap. You know, they have until Wednesday to get under it and that trade saves them four million. The Bennett deal is kind of a wash, um, so they've got some. Well, I some don't know how things. much. I don't know if it's so much of a of a wash because I know his. So his his contract number is like you know eight million or, or so a year uh, this year and next year, but I I think the Seahawks eat most of that. Um, they eat some of it, but the the Eagles for this year. Are responsible for 5.6 million are for they? Bennett. Okay. I, exactly. Yeah. So I, I that's why I said it's kind of a wash. Bit. Yeah. Okay. They save, I think, five million when, if, and when they release or trade Vinny Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, Donnie Jones retiring saves him a million and a half, but they've still got some work to do. Howie still has, and Joe Douglas still have some work to do. To um, to get under the cap of 177 million and change. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's let's talk about that a little bit more. We, mm-hmm. we the Eagles have, uh, at least they had anyway, 14 free agents heading into the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can take Donnie Jones off that list because he is going to be playing golf. Yep. And. Um, you know, I think we can say Vinnie Curry is probably not coming back. Mm-hmm. So that now we're down to 12. Um, <clears throat> and a report came out today that Patrick Robinson is in negotiations to re-sign, which is somewhat of a surprise. I think that there was a consensus building that he was not coming back. Right. That he was too value, like he had you know built up his value too much for the Eagles to want to pay him. But um, outside of those guys, who are you looking at as the players who the Eagles are probably going to lose heading into 2018 or, or, and or the guys who they, you think they should bring back? Um, I think I think Trey Burton is as good as gone. Um, and I think I think Nigel Br- Nigel Bradham is a guy that um, I thought that they should have prioritized getting back, um, but on on second thought, I don't. I mean, I I hear he's. I, I saw a story today that he's he's getting a lot of interest from other teams, is which isn't very surprising. Um, so I I don't know what kind of number he's going to look at, but you know the Eagles have a lot of money dedicated to the um, to the defensive line. Um, they got a lot of young players at cornerbacks, so there's 
there's going to be a lot of money dedicated um, to this. Actually, there's a lot of money dedicated already to uh, the safeties, um, but there's going to be a lot of money dedicated to um, cornerback here. Um, you know, potentially once once some of these guys like Ron Darby, Jalen Mills, um, once they start hitting their um, the end of their rookie deals, so you can't you can't spend a lot of money at every position um, and still you know, stay under the the salary cap. Plus, you got Carson Wentz that you're going to have to pay here in a couple of years. So. Um, I think you're, you're going to have to go cheap at linebacker at some point. You have Jordan Hicks. Um, I, I guess Michael Kendricks is going to stay where he is a year ago. That was, you know, I thought he was as good as gone, but, um, so they got, they have two linebackers that, um, are good. And I, I think you, you got to go, um, you got to look in the draft for a replacement for Bradham, but I don't think he's coming back. Um, is basically the short short version of what I just said. And the Eagles don't play a whole lot of three linebacker packages anyway. Right. So I mean, they, they they won a they won the Super Bowl with uh Danell LRB starting at uh at middle linebacker after you know signing him right before the postseason. So um yeah, I mean I, I don't think uh Jim Schwartz is gonna prioritize the linebacker position as much as you know other teams would so i think bradham's as good as gone yeah i agree he's going to be getting a lot on the open market more than the eagles are going to be willing to pay him mm-hmm. um i would say you know out of the notable players who they have are unrestricted free agents you mentioned Bradham and Burton. I think Legarrette Blunt is all but gone. Right. You know, he, he had a very good season. He had an even better playoff run. Mm-hmm. But they're too deep in the they're just too deep at running back. Right. And you know, you've got Corey uh, Clement who had a real breakout performance in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Not to say he didn't have a good regular season, but after that kind of performance, you have to expect that he's going to be getting a lot more time next season. Right. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if there is a, a big market out there for Blunt. I'm sure that some other teams would be interested in him. Uh, so those are, I think, the big three, the killer bees, Bradham, Burton, and Blunt. Those are the guys who... I think they're not going to be bringing back a lot of the other free agents are kind of fringy players, but one of the interesting ones will be Darren Sproles. Mm-hmm. Um, he is apparently coming back, mm-hmm. although he, you know, he, he's coming back from a kind of a, a gruesome type injury where he tore his ACL and broken arm on the same play against the giants. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be 30, He's 34 now, so um, he's got a, he's got a lot of seasons under his belt. I don't know. I don't know if I would want to be the the team that takes a chance on him. You know, maybe the Eagles can survive by bringing back uh, Kenyon Barner, who was also one of their free agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. 
we've pretty much covered that aspect. I have one one more name I want to bring up because um, this is this is something that I, I'll be curious about. Um, Chris Long is he signed a one year deal, correct? He, he hmm, Chris Long, I think so. And the reason why I bring this up is because, um, it, I mean, everything that I mean, there haven't hasn't been anything, you know. About Actually, no. He, his his deal was a two year deal. Was it okay? I was under the yeah, impression. Yeah, so he is under contract. Okay, I was under the impression that he was he was going to be a free agent. Um, okay, now well, that goes because I was just thinking, you know, when when they signed for Bennett, you know, you, they they were like, Chris Long is excited. And I'm like, wait, isn't he? I mean, not not to say that I don't think they should bring him back because I, you know, I think he's a great player and I um, I thought he played really well uh, for the Eagles. I just thought it was interesting. I'm like, is isn't he going to be a free agent? But I guess not. So yeah, NFL deals are so bizarre. That that the Chris Long deal was technically a five year deal, but the last three years voided automatically. I don't know why. There's got to be a reason. So it was really a two-year deal for $4.5 million, although it was less than that guaranteed. Gotcha. Yeah. I I thought he was on a a one-year deal for for some reason. But that's cool. That works. That's one one less person we got to worry about then. And the other other, uh, big news of the past six weeks, you know, perhaps among the biggest news – about the Eagles is the coaching staff has seen a couple of very important departures. We didn't want to see anybody go, but mm-hmm. I think everybody knew it was inevitable that they were, the Eagles were going to lose at least one member of the coaching staff, hopefully not more, but unfortunately they lost two: John DiFilippo and Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. So DiFilippo went to the Vikings as offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, after Josh McDaniels took the the Colts head coaching job and then changed his mind less than 24 hours later. uh, Reich was the next guy up, and he was hired to go coach the Colts. A great pickup by the Colts, in my opinion. A a stroke of luck. They might even luck, I would say. That's well done. <laughs> the, the Colts might have ended up with the better coach. Mm-hmm. You know, say what you want about how well McDaniels has done as the Patriots offensive coordinator. But the guy does have a history of being a head coach and it did not go very well. Right. So um, the bottom line is that the – Eagles lost two of the most important members of their offensive staff. The, the, the guys who, you know, turned, <clears throat> turned the Eagles around in, in a year, a calendar year. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts about those two guys leaving town? Uh, I think it's, you know, unfortunate for the Eagles, but I mean, it's part of the, it's the price you pay for winning. Um, Frank Reich, obviously, um, he, he, I think he was a, a bigger part of uh, the offense than than I think a lot of people realized. Um, he was a sounding board um, 
you know, it's a mild way to put it, but he was the sounding board for, for Doug Peterson. And um, I think that that's, that's huge because a first time head coach, a guy who never really um, called plays, who was, you know, starting his first head coaching job and doing all of that. Um, you need a, an experienced, um, you know, general, so to speak, to, to lean on. And, um, you know, obviously Doug Peterson picked a great one. Um, and I think, uh, think he, he had a big role and I think he, he did a, an outstanding job. I think he was very instrumental in, um, developing Carson Wentz. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, so he, he's going to be tough to replace, but, um, you know, I think, uh, I think the Colts got, got very lucky there. Um, got very fortunate that, that things you know, turned out the way they, that they did. And, uh, I'm curious, I'm really curious to see, uh, how Andrew Luck does with, with Frank Reich as his head coach. Um, because there's a lot of untapped potential there. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how that goes, and I'm glad he went to the AFC, so I can kind of root for him, and um, you know, I don't have to worry about him coming back to haunt the Eagles. Yeah, you're right. This is the cost of winning. Um, I think that it's also a reflection of how the NFL works in the 21st century. You know, if you have success as a team. Mm-hmm it automatically means that your coaching staff is going to be poached. Mm-hmm. It didn't used to be that way. Even, you know, when we were growing up all that, not that long ago, mm-hmm. coaching staff stayed together, especially successful ones mm-hmm. for long periods of time. But that is not the way the NFL works anymore. And, um, the life cycle for a coach is so short that there are always jobs popping open and, you know, I, th- I think now we're going to see uh, how – I mean, Doug Peterson has got to step up. It, it's it's not to say he didn't have a great 2017. Obviously, he did. But he, he lost two of the guys who helped him significantly. Mm-hmm. And that burden has to be made up somewhere. Um, especially, you know, in, in the red zone, I think that's where DeFilippo's impact was especially evident mm-hmm. and, you know, he's not there now. So, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's the Carson Wentz himself. He, he steps up and kind of helps fill that void. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, looking back, it, it kind of made me think about how the Andy Reid, era played out in Philadelphia. If you remember at the beginning of his, of his uh, tenure, which was 1999, he had an incredible coaching staff, mm-hmm. like just all around everybody, even like all the position coaches, I think <clears throat> went on to become head coaches. Mm-hmm. And when those guys started to leave after the Eagles began to go to NFC championship games, starting in the Oh one season, the the Eagles didn't they were just weren't able to keep up the success, especially after they went to the Super Bowl in 04. Mm-hmm. and um 
I think they they lost maybe a coach or two after that happened. And there was a significant decline. Obviously, if you remember back 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. 7, 8, it wasn't the same Eagles. They just they, those coordinators were not the kind of guys who went on to become head coaches. Mm-hmm. And um it made me think of that. So I I hope that it doesn't play out that same way. Well, I, I think I think Doug Peterson made the right decision when I mean to my knowledge he didn't even look outside of the organization to um to replace those guys. He he just promoted from within. Um and I think that speaks to the to the culture that um he's cultivated. Um I think that also speaks to the um you know to the uh, level of of talent that he surrounds himself with that you know he's he's got you know, trusted people uh at all ranks and he's ready to to you know give them their own their own starts um you know deuce daly is a guy that i i thought for sure he would get some interest as a as an offensive coordinator um you know mike mike grow um, probably could have could have gone and been an offensive coordinator elsewhere. And now I know I know that officially Grow is the offensive coordinator and Deuce is still the running backs coach, but he's also slash the uh, assistant head coach. Um, I think that's a fancy way of saying what they was speculated before and and was was kind of shot down by you know just about everybody as being a horrible idea. I think. I think Groh is going to be the passing game coordinator, and I think Deuce is going to be the running game coordinator, and I think that's just – I think they're basically going to share those duties um, because I don't think of a, of a running backs coach as an assistant head coach. I think either an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator is, is an assistant head coach. So I think that's – it's all semantics. Um, but I, I think he's got two guys um, you know, directly below him that are – that are really, really, really going to, going to do a great job and, and have done a great job, um, at their respective positions, um, you know, this year. And I think they're, they're just going to continue to grow. So I think that, uh, I, I think, I think the Eagles are still in good hands with, with the coaching staff that they have. We should also note here that, that among the reshuffling, uh, of the Eagles staff, the Eagles went out and hired a new wide receivers coach because Mike Grow got promoted to offensive coordinator. And that new receivers coach is Gunter Brewer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd never heard of Gunter Brewer before this, but his resume is damn impressive. It is, yeah. This guy coached Randy Moss at Marshall. Mm-hmm. He coached Des Bryant at Oklahoma State. And he coached, you know, better better than Randy Moss and as Bryant, he coached Mac Hollins right at North Carolina. <laughs> the back so kid that's himself. that's quite a resume, yeah. It is, and I, I think that I think that also kind of um, tells you what their confidence level in in Mac Hollins is. Um, you know, they got rid of Tory Smith, and they promoted you know, Mac Hollins' old coach um, as their new wide receivers coach. Um, so I think you're going to see him have a bigger role uh, this year, and um, yeah, we saw flashes last year. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see 
see how he grows in the offense as well. All right, so let's move on to the big storyline. And a storyline that will continue to be the big storyline for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. It's as, as long as Nick, he's in an Eagles uniform. That's Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Nick Foles. And, um, you know, this is a guy who had the game of his life against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, wins MVP, and... If you turn on sports talk radio in Philadelphia, you will definitely hear somebody talking about whether Nick Foles should be traded, which is kind of hard to imagine. You know, Mm -hmm. trading the MVP has never happened in the history of the NFL, Mm -hmm. but here we are. So all we can go on is... um, you is what we know, and we do know that Howie Roseman spoke at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis late last month. And uh, you know what was interesting about that? This was like a total inkblot test kind of thing, because the, the day that Howie Roseman spoke about, well, it was really a variety of topics, but one of them was Nick Foles, or at least the quarterback situation. You saw that same day headlines go up that said Roseman open to trading Nick Foles. Mm -hmm. And you also saw headlines come up that said Eagles plan on keeping Nick Foles. (laughs) (laughs) So you really saw the whole spectrum. It was kind of, you know, you, you could read into it what you wanted to. Of course, Howie Roseman didn't say either way what the Eagles were going to do. Obviously not. Mm-hmm. But um, that's why I call it an inkblot test because you, you could – if you went into it with a preconceived notion, you could say, yeah, the Eagles are definitely going to move him or, nah, nah, they're going to keep him. Mm-hmm. So let's, let, let's break it down. <clears throat> what do you think are the reasons – that the Eagles need to keep Nick Foles heading into 2018 and the reasons that they should trade him now. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'll start with, with, you know, why should they keep him? Um, who are you going to replace him with? Um, we saw the value. Obviously we saw the value of having a, um, a good backup quarterback, so who else is is out there that's going to fill that role if if not Nick Foles? If Carson Wentz goes down again, or if he's not ready to to start the season, um, who other than Nick Foles would you be comfortable um, trotting out as the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? And I can't I can't think of a single single name um, that I would be maybe outside of Drew Brees, who's a free agent apparently. Um, that I would be comfortable as as a backup to Carson Wentz. I, just, I can't think of a single person. And you can you can say you guys like you know, obviously Colin Kaepernick is a guy who's probably not going to get a job, which is is criminal in my opinion. Um, not to get political or anything, but um, you know he he's a guy who I think should be a, a starter in this league. Um, but I mean, I, 
Nick Foles passes the eye test. I saw the man do it. <laughs> so um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who you replace Nick Foles with and feel as as confident as you would with, with Nick Foles. Yeah, let, let me recap for a minute what, what Roseman said specifically about Foles at the Combine. He was asked, how do the Eagles balance Nick Foles as a trade ship versus insurance for Wentz? And here's what he said. We're trying to keep as many good players as possible, and you're talking about a Super Bowl MVP. He's been unbelievably successful for us. He has great character. He's a great leader. That room is exactly what we're looking for. We have a franchise quarterback. We have a Super Bowl MVP. And we have a young quarterback that we're excited about as well. He's talking about Nate Sudfeld there. That's how we look at it as we get started in the offseason. We have a lot of areas that we have to address. We're getting started a little bit behind these other teams. We know that in this league, if we don't get to work and get serious about this, we're going to get our butt kicked. So... He said he said a lot there without really saying anything. He didn't tell you anything you don't already know. H- Howie Roseman is the most gangster GM in the history of the NFL. <laughs> he he basically said we, we, he said we have a we have a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz, which is correct. He said not only that we have a Super Bowl MVP. What do you people have, basically? <laughs> and and then then this man this man has the audacity to say, oh yeah, and we've got Nate Sudfeld who can be a starter as well. <laughs> like <laughs> this dude. <laughs> They're really high on Nate Sudfeld. There, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. I don't well, know if we know how high they are on Nate Sudfeld. I I don't know if we are either. I I think they are pretty high on him and. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe he is that, that, that good, but he, I just think it's so funny that he's like, he's got, he's got basically the balls to say, um, yeah, we also got Nate Sudfeld. Uh, so we're, we're good. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. I, I absolutely love it. And he's, he's absolutely right. He's, he's got every reason in the world to, to be cocky and to, to say, hey, you know what? Ah, we don't need anything, man. We got, we we got our guy. Everyone knows Carson Wentz is well. I'm gonna say everyone, but any reasonable person knows that that Carson Wentz is the guy. But you you have a Super Bowl MVP now. If you're if you're truly honest with yourself, um, not to take anything away from from Nick Foles, but um the most unlikeliest of, of Super Bowl MVPs and in any other any other circumstances, I don't I don't know that he could have repeated um what he was able to do with this team. So I mean I don't know, man. Like the the smell test kinda, you know if I'm a GM, would I would I give up anything substantial for Nick Foles? It's it's hard to say because I'm a I'm one of the biggest Nick Foles fans out there, but I'm I'm also a realist and and if if you look at what Carson Wentz did this year uh, before he was injured, and you just look at at Nick Foles, I mean Nick Foles has some some stats and some games that just just pop, um, but there's I don't know, man. 
I don't know. I'm I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but there, there's just a, a lot to talk about when when it comes to Nick Foles, and it's a weird circumstance. Yeah, and I think you're, you're touching on the number one reason, or at least one of the main reasons, not to trade him, and that is not that you know not that uh, not to take anything away from Carson Wentz, not at all. Mm-hmm. But Nick Foles is a hero in Philly, mm-hmm. and and if Wentz were going to be ready, if Wentz were going to be ready, then I think this would be a totally different situation, and I think he probably would have been traded already. Mm-hmm. But he, but we just don't know that. We're only three months out from the injury. It was uh, December tenth, mm-hmm. so we're almost exactly three months out. And it turned out that we found out uh, not that long ago that the injury was worse than initially reported Mm -hmm. in that he tore his LCL also. And that's a big deal. So we we just don't know. And I I really doubt the team knows whether Wentz is going to be ready for week one. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that they don't know that means I – means a lot it means everything yeah nick Foles' value is never going to be higher than it is right now mm-hmm. but his value to the team right now is also as high as it's ever been because you can't go into week one no nothing against nate sudfeld they might be the highest in the world on him he might be the next joe montana but he's not right now. They can't go into week one with Nate Sudfeld under center. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at the other quarterbacks who are about to become free agents, it's not much. Yeah. We're talking about Sam Bradford. We're talking about, well, everybody from the Vikings, Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Josh McCown, Jay Cutler's out there somewhere. I, they can't bring in one of those guys. No, and I think Case Keenum is is the one guy who, um, you know, of of those names, and pretty much any other name that you could possibly mention, is probably the one that that stands out as the probably the best of the bunch uh, based on last year's performance. But I mean, if you if you look at you know, the exact same game, Case Keenum and, and Nick Foles, um, very very similar teams. Uh, very, very similar strengths and, and, and weaknesses, and they look like you know, two completely different quarterbacks. Uh, Case Keenum, who up until that championship game had been having a, an, an amazing season, um, didn't look nearly as, as good as, as Nick Foles did. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be comfortable. I, I, would, I would take Nick Foles over Case Keenum. We'll, we'll just put it that way. But um, it just goes back to, to what I said. Who, you know, who do you feel most comfortable with in your in your backup uh, quarterback position? Um, and I I can't think of anyone other than Nick Foles. Now, does Nick Foles want to continue to be a backup? Maybe not. Um, and maybe somebody you know, knocks you out with a with a really good offer for him. But I th- and I think you hit the the hammer on the head. I mean his his value to other teams has to completely outweigh um, his value 
uh, to the Eagles organization. And um, he is he's very valuable in this organization. And I'd, I'd be curious to see what someone would be willing to offer that, that Howie would seriously consider. Um, he mentioned... Um, he mentioned he wouldn't take anything less than the first and the fourth uh, that he got in the in the Sam Bradford deal, which I think a lot of people thought was nuts. But um, it was, <laughs> it was. It is, but I mean, if you know what i i don't I don't think he was out of line at all for suggesting that. I mean, you've got. Oh no no yeah. no! I mean I mean the the Vikings doing that deal. Was, oh yeah, absolutely. Was it was insane? But I, you know, a lot of people were were saying that that. You know, how, how he's nuts for even you know, broaching that subject, but I don't think that's that's true at all. Um, you know, you know, if, if you're going to sell Nick Foles, man, sell high, um, really high, and let somebody make make other teams come up to you know what what you're getting because there there's no need other than you know salary cap restrictions. But, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of value in, in holding on to Foles. Um, whether that's what they end up doing or not, uh, I don't know. But I, I definitely see the, um, see the argument in favor of, of holding on to Nick Foles. I think they're going to hold on to him. For, for two is that I don't think that they're confident that Wentz will be ready for week one. Mm-hmm. And the other is that I don't think another team is going to offer a first-round pick. And barring some other kind of crazy package of of picks, I think that's the only way that Howie would consider it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he's going to seriously consider an offer of you know like a second rounder and a third rounder or something else. I think it would have to include a first round pick and you know maybe maybe I'm wrong maybe a team will offer a first rounder for Foles I just don't expect that it will happen and even if it did happen I'm not sure that that uh, the Eagles would be willing to possibly into the Thursday night opener as defending champions with all that pomp and circumstance with uh, you know, like Sam Bradford playing quarterback, or uh, how awkward would that be? Could you imagine I, if they brought back like Sammy Sleeves? <laughs> Actually, that that would be interesting. If 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 they did end up trading Foles, I would kind of hope for that scenario to play out. <laughs> but if it ends up being Josh McCown or Matt Moore or somebody, uh, that would just be terrible. Yeah. Matt McGloin. Or Chase Daniel. I think he's available Chase, somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm No doubt in my mind Chase Daniel's available. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm... Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. I waver back and forth every day. Yesterday, I was convinced that Nick Foles was, was going to be traded. Today, I'm not so sure. Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> That's cu- pretty much how it's going. I'm curious about the the market um, for for quarterbacks uh, this year. Um, you got a couple couple in the draft, um, 
that I guess people like. Um, Kirk Cousins is the big name in free agency. Um, and honestly, outside of Kirk Cousins, who else is there to really get excited about? But a, a lot of teams are getting excited about people. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, and it seems like the Cousins, not to get into the Cousins issue, but it, it seems from what was coming out today that there might be only two teams that are really interested in signing him. Yeah. And paying an unbelievable sum. And possibly fully guaranteeing his entire contract, which is really unheard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think would be a fool's errand. But, you know, that's that's the quarterback market in the NFL for you. So, it, Cousins is interesting because um, I, I actually really like Kirk Cousins. Um, I think he's, I wouldn't say I really like him. I, I like I like him like you know Alex Smith, um, which is weird that you know Alex Smith basically took his job, but um, you know I, I think he he's that level of quarterback, so I think he's really good overall, um, but he's got limitations, um, and still. I would take Nick Foles over Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, I, I understand why he's the most coveted quarterback or he was, um, you know, appeared to be the most coveted quarterback coming out of free agency th- this year. I, I, I get that. But, you know, I, I, st- I would take Nick Foles. Nick Foles has more Super Bowl MVPs than Kirk Cousins does, so... That's true. And, and I'm, I'm willing to bet that he will always have more Super Bowl MVPs yeah, than I, I think so, too. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I like Kirk Cousins better than I like Dak Prescott. So there's that. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. All right, so I, I wanted to dedicate a portion of the show to um, – talking about things that we didn't get to talk about since we kind of missed a show since the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that was essentially reflecting on, on, our, on, you know, going to the parade and the aftermath of winning the Super Bowl. Mm. So, um, you know, let's talk about that for a little bit. Sure. We, we went up to Philly and tried our best to get to the art museum. Didn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. It was a day just uh, – I would compare it to the, the Phillies parade in 08, but it was even more insane in terms of being crowded in Philadelphia. So um, just some general reflections from you on – what that was like for you and, and your family. It was really cold. Um, you know, I, so I took, um, you know, took the wife and, and the kids. I've got a, a two year old son and a, and a one year old daughter and, um, and a wife. And we, 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 so the three of them join, join me 
and then you know you you and I met up as well, John. Um, the wife and I both uh, you know, realized afterwards that taking the kids while it was a, a nice gesture was probably a mistake. Um, <laughs> I I don't regret it though because even though you know my kids aren't going to remember it, um, my daughter's definitely not going to remember it, but my son. Um, I've got pictures that I'm, I'm excited to, to show him when he's older. Um, you know, it, it was just one of those things that I, I couldn't have, um, imagined doing, doing without him. So, um, it was extremely difficult, you know, getting around with, you know, the entire family and, and two really young kids. And, um, you know, so I think that that hampered us. Um, I didn't, didn't celebrate like I might have um in years previous but you know overall um it was it was a sight to behold yeah it was a day unlike any other that i've seen and it was exhausting it it really was because we tried to walk we tried to walk about i don't know three miles one way to get to the art museum, mm-hmm. which in, in hindsight, w- once I got home and I thought about that, I thought that is really dumb. Like, <laughs> what, what were you thinking? <laughs> so anyway, we we tried to do that, but once we got to the downtown area, it was just too packed. You, yeah. We hit a wall of people, and you couldn't you couldn't move any further toward the art museum, and you couldn't go back either. That was. And you you couldn't go anywhere. So if you were claustrophobic, and I'm quasi claustrophobic, mm-hmm. it was uh, a test of will. Yeah. But it was a uh, the weather was was good. As you said, it was a little cold, but mm-hmm. still, it wasn't bad. It was sunny, and it worked out well for me because I totally forgot to bring a coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was wearing like six or seven shirts, trying to stay warm, <laughs> and, and a sweatshirt. I think I had on like four different Eagles championship shirts along with two or three other Eagles shirts that I have. Mm-hmm. So staying warm, not a problem. Um, but yeah, the, the walking back and forth, very, very tiring, but we, we did get back to the, the house in time to catch Jason Kelsey's speech. Right. So amid all the, all of the, crowd and and walking and carrying and all of that stuff we still got to see that and that was pretty cool yeah and we were able to go to to pats and get to get cheesesteaks later so <laughs> so that worked out well as well um that's true I, I hadn't been to pats in i don't know 10 years yeah at least been a while but um but yeah i mean it, it was you know it's it's an experience you gotta make um now that I've experienced it and, you know, we, we made some mistakes, um, hopefully they'll, they'll get back there relatively soon. Um, uh, so we can, can do it again with, you know, the, the knowledge of, um, the hindsight is, is our, um, as our guide. So let me get to the question. I asked this a while back and I wanted to, to touch on it in this podcast and it's a serious question. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's, it's more serious. And that was, do you ever think that a day will come about the fact that the Eagles won this Super Bowl? Because honestly, every day since the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I thought about it in some way. Whether I wanted to or not, I thought about it. 
Yeah, and so, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's an interesting, interesting question because, um, you know, I have not done this podcast in about six weeks, but, um, and, that, and we, we designed a uh, hiatus in our, in our schedule. Uh, we, we planned that out. Um, I, th- I think it's important, um, no matter how passionate you are about something that, um, you know, when you work hard, uh, for a while, when you get an opportunity, I think you need to take a step back and, um, you know, not focus so much, like, like clear your mind a little bit. Um, and you know, we, we kind of did that and I, and I, and I tried doing that. I haven't, I haven't been listening to, to, um, sports talk radio as much as I had been during the season. I've been trying to just kind of, you, you step back and, and you take just a little bit of a, of a breather. It, it's funny to say, it feels like I actually was, was part of the, the, the team or whatever, but um, but yeah, I mean, to, to your question, um, even with that, that break and just kind of not necessarily avoiding, you know, Eagles talk so much, but just exploring other things. Um, no, I, every single day, um, I've, I've been thinking about the Eagles and, um, and, you know, reliving the, the Super Bowl in my mind and, um, yeah, I mean, just, just soaking it all in. I mean, just about every day I wear a, a, an Eagle shirt or a Super Bowl champion hat or, you know, whatever I can find. Um, I bought, I bought the Blu-ray. Um, I know you did too. Um, which was, which was just an outstanding, outstanding, um, uh, film. Um, I thought NFL network and NFL films did, did a great job on it. I don't know if you've watched it yet. But, um, I have not only because I have not had the time to hook up the Blu-ray player, which I it's not like ju- <laughs> our, my friend Justin, our friend Justin gave me a Blu-ray player, which I didn't have one, but he gave me one when he visited um, the same day that the Eagles played the Cowboys to end the season. Mm-hmm. So I've got it stashed away somewhere. I've never hooked it up. But the funny thing is that right after I bought that, the commemorative video film, mm-hmm. Tehran messaged me and said, "Hey, I'm gonna get, be getting a bunch of extra DVDs. Uh, do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. <laughs> so I'm gonna have two of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I'm looking forward to yeah. it once I get everything hooked up here. Uh, it's 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 great. It's you know I laughed, I cried. Um, you know, did um, you know that the, might be a little bit, the producer, he might've also been the director of, I think he was a producer actually of, of that film. That was his last, uh, assignment before he retired. He, he worked for NFL films for like 40 years or something. And he had already set it up to retire after this season. Mm-hmm. So that was his last assignment to to put together that film. That's interesting. I, he, I mean, he did a great job. I, di- I didn't know that, but um, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. It's a uh, it's been a been a interesting ride. Um, because yeah, I mean, I I I think about it all the time, and it and it's weird because so 
after the Phillies won in, in 2008, um, you know, it, it was, you know, I, I, I'm trying to, to, to remember my, my exact feelings, but yeah, I mean, I knew that, you know, they, they were world series champions from the, the moment, you know, that from the, the, that last pitch by Brad Lidge, you know, until you know 2009 when they when they weren't champions anymore unfortunately um but with the eagles man like i still find myself like just like questioning it like it like is it real you know i and and i think it's because you know that i was born in 83 you and i were both born in 83 the phillies had won previously in in 1980 so as long as I've been alive, um, you know, all the other uh, Philly sports teams had been champions at one point. The, the Eagles had never been Super Bowl champions. So it's, it's all new to me. And I'm, I'm still I th- like, I, I still don't even think it's hit me, man. I, I really don't. Yeah, I, I know what you mean about that. I'm not sure that I feel that that kind of that sort of uh sunken feeling but i think that it builds over the off season and especially you know once once week 1 rolls around next year i think that'll be a big step in finally you know maybe it'll be the last step i don't know but mm. It is it is interesting the way things work psychologically in that you know you become you be, your team becomes the champion on the last play a game that went down to the Hail, the Hail Mary throw to Rob Gronkowski seconds later the celebration begins and then there's no more football so mm-hmm. you you know part of the the joy I guess of being a fan is that you watch the games but the only way to become champion is to have the clock run out and then that's it. You're, you're stuck for the next eight months, nine months with nothing to watch. So I think that once week one rolls around, that's going to be a big kind of uh, milestone in establishing the Eagles as the Super Bowl champs from the previous season, you know? Right. Yeah. All right, so um, I think we we wanted I wanted to do a bonus question because I've heard a lot of crazy stuff in the past six weeks, and originally I wanted to do maybe a segment on it, but you know we had plenty to talk about with all the offseason transactions that have been going on. So the question that was in my mind was, what's the craziest thing? that you've heard someone say about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl? It could be anything. Um, Specifically about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, nothing really jumps out at me. I'd say that the craziest thing I've heard in the aftermath of the Eagles Super Bowl, and this dates back, or this, you know, relates to the um, Nick Foles saga is people actually suggesting that the Eagles trade Carson Wentz <laughs> in, instead of Nick Foles, which 
look, man, I, I, I love Nick Foles, but you, you can't trade the wagon. You cannot trade the Wentz wagon. Yeah, I, I know you You said you stepped away from listening to the talk radio. I have not. In fact, if anything, I probably ramped it up. And <laughs> there have been a couple of callers, I'd say at least two, that I've heard call in and suggest, not just suggest, but say straight up, you need to trade Wentz and go with Foles, go with the hot hand. So, yeah, that that's it's hard to beat that as the craziest thing. Just for obvious reasons. Um, the one that I would say is kind of related is one that I heard today, <clears throat> and that was trade Foles and sign Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year contract, <laughs> which is really dumb. It's just a really dumb idea. Yeah. I, it, it, at face value, it kind of seems like it could work, but... This was a caller on the weekend show this past weekend who was calling into Ray Dittinger's show. And Ray Dittinger's a nice guy. He's not going to berate any caller and call it, you know, call that person an idiot. Mm-hmm. But between the lines, he pretty much did that. And it, he, he kind of strongly criticized Teddy Bridgewater and everything that he's done. <laughs> <laughs> suggested that even if he were healthy, he wouldn't be a good quarterback. So the the other thing I heard Jeez. was, uh, and this was more in the dumb category, was a guy who called in a few days ago to uh, WIP and suggested that the Eagles franchise tag Nigel Bradham, which, <laughs> which again, is just dumb. It's just dumb because you would have to pay him the average of the top five salaries of all of the, of the line, uh, highest paid linebackers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where that number would be, but it's in the double digits. It's over 10 million a year, I would think. Right. And, um, yeah, that's just dumb on so many levels. And the, the Eagles don't franchise tag anyone. So, you know, historically they, they don't. And, they're not going to start with Nigel Bradham. <laughs> That's true. I don't. The franchise tag goes all the way back to the beginning of free agency in 1993, and I don't know. I just don't remember who the last player the Eagles franchise tagged was, if there was even anybody. I'd have to look back. I mean, every year it seems that somebody somebody suggests that the Eagles franchise tag you know, one player and there, there's always, you know, somebody in, in Philly media who's, who always says, you know, there's no, the Eagles, the Eagles don't do that. It's not going to happen. And they, they are always right. So I, I don't know when, when the last time the Eagles used a franchise tag, if ever, but I, I wouldn't count on them doing it this year, especially you know, with the, with the salary cap restrictions that they have. Okay, here we go. The last player, if you're keeping score at home, mm-hmm. uh, was Deshaun Jackson in 2012. Oh, interesting. 9.4 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they uh, the year before that they franchised Michael Vick. Wow. So there are some players going back. Um, L.J. Smith was franchised for a year. Corey Simon, Jeremiah Trotter, 
And that is it. I th- I think I remember the Corey Simon one though. That that one makes sense. They and and trot trot too. The the Simon one, according to this NJ.com report, it was actually rescinded before the season and then he left. Yeah. And went to the Colts. Yeah. I I vaguely remember that. But yeah, I mean that's I mean I I'm sure we're we're going to get our our share of of crazy um crazy talk over the next, you know, few few months. Typically doing the off season. Um this year especially I think we're going to hear a lot of a lot of craziness. But I'm excited. Should be fun. That's right. And we've got the the um official start of free agency coming up Wednesday 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. And then the draft next month, which mm-hmm. is the next big off-season step, and then we'll have OTAs and so forth and so on. And before you know it, we'll be talking about week one. Absolutely. And speaking of Wednesday, um, it's a good segue. Um, we have a very big announcement. I think we teased having an announcement six weeks ago. If I'm remembering correctly, um, this has been in the works for a while, but we're um, I'm I'm pretty excited to, to announce it uh, today. On on Wednesday, we are going to launch a Kickstarter campaign um, specifically for this podcast. Um, you can find the details on on our Facebook page at Eagles Trash Talk Podcast or on Twitter at Eagles Trash Talk. But essentially, what it boils down to is, um, you know, John, you and I had a lot of fun. Uh, this past season uh, doing this podcast. Um, We're looking forward to uh, making it even better um, this next year, but um, we we are acknowledging, acknowledging, excuse me, that we're not going to be able to do it without, um, without help. So we are, we are starting this Kickstarter campaign to to try to raise a little bit of, a little bit of money. Um, Not a whole lot, but, uh, but just a little bit so we can uh, get some things going. We're looking at, at uh, starting a website um, where you'll be, you guys will be able to access all kinds of different content related to the, to the podcast to include show notes and um, you know, pretty much anything that we talk about, we want to be able to put it into, um, you know, one, one specific place where, where you guys can find it. Um, the other, the other reason why we want to start this, this, uh, this website is because, um, if you guys are subscribers to the podcast, you might've noticed that, um, when we upload a new episode, um, the old one kind of gets deleted. And the reason for that is because there's not enough bandwidth under our current, uh, plan, uh, to keep all of our, all of our episodes online. So what, what we're hoping to do is to host our own, um, platform where we can, you know, keep an, an unlimited amount of, um, of the podcast. If you guys want to go back, I know we, we've done retrospective, um, episodes in the past, a lot of things that, you know, even though it's a, a it's a weekly format, we, we do different shows that, you know, might have some interest for you guys to listen to, uh, long term, so that's that's one of the ideas that we had. We we also wanted to put together a professional logo, um, and also you know up, upgrade you know, some of our equipment, get the uh, the sound quality better. We're always looking to improve the podcast. Um, so those are some of the things that we want to do. <coughs> so we are looking for 
donations to the Kickstarter. Um, we have a lot of a lot of rewards set up um, for you guys uh, that donate. Um, a lot of really good ones to include appearing on the podcast. You can appear as a guest. Um, you can appear as a co-host for um, you know a, a, a good size donation. So all that information will be available on, on Kickstarter. Um, but I encourage you guys to to check out the link um, when it's posted on on Facebook. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, last but not least, you know if if you're not available or if you're not able to donate um, to the fund, we completely understand. Um, but if you guys can share uh, the link once it's posted, um, that that'll help us out a lot. We we would really appreciate that. So if you guys like the podcast, if you want to see us. Um, improve it if you want to see it continue you know we're just asking that maybe you consider um, checking out the kickstarter and, and and donating for us john anything else you want you want to add there uh, well I, I did hear that if you donate uh 250 dollars to the kickstarter that the <laughs> podcast actually becomes yours you become the 100% fully vested owner of Trash Talk, the Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Yeah, let, how about we we maybe not not go that oh, far? Okay, okay, oh, maybe we shouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, but for for a donation of one hundred dollars, you you will get an opportunity to co-host um, a full episode with us, um, which which is a lot of fun, and um, you know. Something that if if anybody's interested in um, in getting involved in podcasting, you know, you might want to think about uh, doing that, and you know, we'll give you an opportunity to to try out your, your chops and see how you do. Um, but I don't know. Uh, there there are other uh, other prizes as well, so you know, feel free to check out the Kickstarter and, and check that out, and um, you know, hope hope you guys donate. Um, it's gonna it's gonna last for thirty days, so it's gonna start this Wednesday, and um, the important thing to, to remember is the last point I'm going to make is Kickstarter is an all or nothing um, site. So um, if we are $1 short of our goal, um, no matter how many people donate, we, we don't get a thing. Um, but one thing that we are doing is we are going to um, honor all of the rewards, um, whether we get funded or not. So we're going to make this podcast whether you know we're supported through this Kickstarter campaign or or not, we're we're gonna keep doing it because we like doing it. But um, so if it, anybody who donates uh, to us uh, under this Kickstarter, you know, if you donate you know fifty bucks or so, and um, you know it doesn't get funded, you get that money back. But whatever whatever reward um, you earn through that fifty dollars you're still going to get if that means that you know you're you're invited on to the podcast we're still going to invite you on to the podcast we're still going to honor that reward so really there, there's nothing to lose if you support the podcast if you and you enjoy it um by donating um you, you still get you know what what you're donating for so um something to keep in mind uh other than that that that's about a wrap uh john um so you know, as always, we, we want to remind you guys to um, you know download and subscribe. Um, we're available uh, right now on on Sound, SoundCloud and iTunes. 
um, so you can uh, check us out there. Um, don't forget to download and, and subscribe. Um, if you subscribe, then you know the uh, the podcast gets automatically loaded into whatever device you uh, choose to listen to your podcast on. Um, and we also ask that you rate and review. Um, if you like us, go ahead and give us a rating. Um, the more ratings we get, the more easier it is uh, for people to find us. Um, so we appreciate that. And any five-star reviews, we will give you a shout-out uh, on the air. Um, you can also check us out on social media. Again, uh, Facebook, it's uh, Eagles Trash Talk Podcast. And on Twitter, it's uh, Eagles Trash Talk. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon uh, Brandon Fisher 83 And you can follow John on John Fogg, or at John Fogg, J-O-N-F-O-G-G. And you can also check out his work for Eagles Wire at uh, eagleswire.usatoday.com. That's it. That's their correct address, correct? Um, that is it, yes. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, other than that, you know, we appreciate you guys for, for tuning in. Um, let me see. Uh, oh, yeah. So finally, we are uh, produced and edited by me, Brandon Fisher, and hosted by myself and John Fogg. Uh, music is provided by Hook Sounds, www.hooksounds.com for royalty-free music for a variety of uses. Um, other than that, John, do you have anything else to say? No, man. We covered a lot of ground tonight. We sure did. So uh, with that, I guess we will we will sign off. Uh, so, John, until next time, go birds. Go birds.